Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Wade in the water. I I think that I think that actually should be the the next name for a Jeremy Wade series on the Discovery Channel. Good evening, Jeremy Wade. Hello there. Good evening, Ian. How are you? Had you ever made that connection before? You wade in the water. It's like uh, it's like tailor made for you. It, it is, you know, to, to what extent do names dictate uh, <laughs> destiny? Apparently, that's where it actually comes from. I, you know, well, I looked it up, and uh, it is, uh, you know, a lot of names come from old occupations like Miller. Uh, right. Anyway, w- w- Wade was the, the dweller by the Ford. How about that? So my ancestors, you know, were were linked with rivers, and so there's something in my my DNA which is. <laughs> well, you know, you've been a guest before on Coast to Coast, and unfortunately, both times are with me because I'm such a big fan, and so I keep dragging you onto this show because I just think you're no great. With that. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, I love and I love the new series, but I I, I is so rare for me to ever see, and every so once in a while, I'll catch one. Um, a, a River Monsters show that I hadn't seen before. But they're just always so much fun, and, and they're still running, and people can catch them on Hulu and some of the other platforms that carry some of the old shows. Um, but you've been doing this now for how long have you been looking for mysterious, almost legendary creatures in water um, on TV? Ooh. Uh, on TV, well, I mean, yeah. River Monsters and and its sort of spin-offs that you know that goes back, some, uh, I think, twelve, eleven years now. So yeah, there, there is a lot of episodes out there. So there are fans who still haven't seen all the episodes. Um, yeah, lots of lots of strange creatures, fish, and other other things under the water all around the world, and uh, it's been great. And now in yeah, Mysteries of the Deep, we stay with some creatures, but we we take things out into other yeah. Yeah, which I like a lot too. I just, I think that it is so. It just so fits you. And here's what I like about um, the the show. This, at least as I'm looking at it as a um, as a as a Jeremy Wade fan, when I'm watching the new show again, Mysteries of the Deep, is on Discovery, um, is that the way it's shot, it looks like you don't have to spend as many weeks out of the year actually traveling to these locations. That some of the stuff, it looks like you can do, like they're shooting some of the, and this is a, I'm kind of, I remember I work in media, so I, I look at these things maybe a little bit differently, but it looks like some of these were shot maybe hopefully closer to home. Because I used to look and you go, when does this guy ever have time for a life? He's in a little boat in the middle of the Amazon. And that, you know, you got to have time to be dad or, you know, husband or something. Yeah, well, well uh, River Monsters, uh, you know, I, I would be away from home about half the year. Something yeah. Like so, uh, so that, you know, that was very much of a full-time job um with mysteries of the deep it's a bit more of a virtual journey yeah uh, also we recruited this very wide and diverse team of scientific experts who are you know who are coming in and giving their sort of unique insights from their perspective so marine archaeologists but then you know people like specialists in tree rings and underwater acoustics so they're coming in because you know that those fields are not not my expertise right and, and also you know we just got hold of just amazing footage um so a, a lot of what we see is stuff that you know there's no way i could have shot it because it's just somebody who happened to be somewhere and they've got some footage and so um it's a, it's a totally different type of show. And instead of one episode just being about one destination, uh, 
you know, we're all over the place. There's, there's four or five different stories in each episode. So something to keep everybody happy. Yeah, that is, that is also that's another interesting thing I like about the new show. Again, we're talking about Mysteries of the Deep on Discovery is that you, you hit several different stories in the, in the same hour. But I really love, I mean, anybody who's a fan of River Monsters knows the cool thing about River Monsters, and I, I believe I, I mentioned this the last time I, I was, had you on, was that you do find the things that you're going for. A lot of the shows on Discovery, as much as I enjoy them, in the end, it's kind of a null hypothesis. They, they, don't, find, they don't find what they were looking for. They, they start off and it looks great, but in the end they have you know, a little bit of audio or something from something that was in the woods and that's as good as it gets. You actually find, if you don't find the real thing that you're looking for, you find a pretty good version, maybe a slightly smaller version of that creature that, that had been, you know, terrorizing a river community. And I think that the payoff level on uh, river monsters was, as, was higher than any other show of its kind on television. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and we had, I mean, we did have an amazing, uh, field open for us there because basically freshwater fish just hadn't been featured on tv before uh no natural history programs you know nobody knew about a lot of these creatures and the reason being is that um it's a very simple reason uh, is that a lot of a lot of rivers and lakes the water is murky you can't see anything so you can't do a sort of jacques cousteau type program where you just send somebody down with a camera and you film what's there right. you've got to approach it a different way so uh, i was using mostly uh, a fishing line um but then we were looking into the folklore surrounding these creatures because again where you haven't got the knowledge you have a very rich folklore lots of uh fishermen's tales i mean that always gets people in fishermen are, are renowned for making things up so this you know we start with a story this sounds very very unlikely but you're right at the end we would actually show something that might be in many cases as big as i am or even yeah. more, and it came from a river you know how, yeah. how's that possible but, exactly uh, yeah, and that, yeah. That was the amazing thing, and I just so that's what I think that's what bonded me to to River Monsters was that you know I mean other than the fact that that you come off you know to it's sort of the the double oh seven of freshwater anglers you know got this cool you know British vibe and the whole bit but you are you are the real deal and you're not a poser and you get in there and you admit well I always like how you would sometimes talk about how this type of fishing isn't something that you were used to doing and so you would kind of fumble your way through the first couple of attempts but by the end of the show clearly you were coming up with something because you were you didn't just have a glimpse of it on a, on a shadow of some you know sonar equipment you were actually holding that thing up out of the water yeah. and i thought it's gonna bite your head off man yes and i think you know what we we, we try to do is, is you know, take the audience with us it's a it's a mental puzzle but it's also it's a physical challenge and, you know, for every, every show that we planned, um, I would come along and, and it would be a case, you know, we, we, we do need to show this at the end. And if we, it was a lot of pressure, actually, and particularly as, as time went on, because, uh, you know, we're off filming, we're filming for about three weeks, and we can, you know, we're shooting all the scenery and interviews with people. But if we don't have the fish or the creature in the end, we haven't got a program. Exactly. So, you know, Real pressure, which you know, and often that came across an, an air of desperation creeping in, right? Made it all, you know, all, all the more gripping in a way. 
But that also put you in these very dangerous places. And I know a little bit about it only because I lived along the Mississippi. And I know any time that you're fishing near dams or you're fi- there are certain areas where, you know, people, you can get sucked under really fast if you're not careful. And I, I think that was the other thing about the show is as far as, you know, quote unquote, reality shows go, um, you showed a lot of the reality of what it was like just to try to catch a fish under these extraordinary circumstances. And then the success rate, which, as you point out, it's so often replicated, maybe slightly, if you'll pardon the pun, slightly scaled down version of the fish story that was being told on the banks. It was still like you found fish that could take off somebody's leg or somebody that could a fish that could easily take away a small child. And this was part of what the legend might have been built on. And you actually found that. And I just thought, wow, that. That that's that's a hell of a way to spend a year. But now I'm glad you're not having to be on the road that much. And we're still getting great enjoyment out of this this new show in Mysteries of the Deep. You kind of bring in shipwrecks into it, too, which is also another thing of mine. Has that always been something you're interested in? Well, I mean, through through fishing, um, I got into diving, into scuba diving and uh one of the things that's you know, very interesting to see when you're when you're under the water is is shipwrecks. There, there is something very moody and spooky about yeah. them. There's always a story. There's often a mystery. How did it end up down here? And uh, in, in mysteries of the deep, you know, there are stories like you know why is this particular shipwreck so in, you know norm, normally you know they're, they're, they're damaged. Why, you know why why is this particular shipwreck? so you know so so perfect looking there's also another another story about uh, disappearing shipwrecks you know huge lumps of metal on the bottom of the sea which were right. popular dive sites and then suddenly they're gone where 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 where'd they where go dis- where, does, where does that disappear to so you know that's that's one story that we investigate which is right. uh, pretty fascinating i dived um just a personal story. A few years ago, I dived the uh, um, a wreck called the Spiegel Grove off uh, Florida, and um, that was sunk deliberately to create a, an artificial reef. And actually, that was in we featured that in a, in a, um, a River Monsters episode about barracuda. I love and, that one. Um, they, it was the idea was to sink it so that it was standing upright. And something went wrong, and it, and, and it ended up on its side. And it's like, oh, well, there we go. This, you know, this massive transporter ship, which is on its side. And um, then you had um, hurricane sw- uh, season sweep in one year. I think it was, I think it was Sandy. I can't remember. Anyway, um, so obviously all diving, every, you know, all, all, all navigation is off. And then when things calmed down, the, the, somebody went out to dive the Spiegel Grove, and they're going down, you know, a hundred feet in the water, and then suddenly they, re- you know, they're, they're on, they're on the boat, they're on the ship, and they realise it's the right way up. It's so suddenly this ship, which had been on its side, is now the right way up. Oh my I mean, god! That's, you know, that is a that is a fairly fascinating story. I mean, no, nothing, nothing sort of mysterious no. or supernatural involved, but I mean, uh, something. It tells you something. I mean, you were talking about uh, dams and and you know right. the danger of fishing. Uh, you know the power of water. Uh, you know, right. it really is something that you have to respect, and we, you know, I think we try and get that across as well. We're talking with uh, Jeremy Wade, who, as he pointed out at the beginning of the half hour, uh, the name Wade goes back um, to uh, Old English, referring to people that uh, that live along water. By the way, um, you know, for people that don't know, my last name Punnett means a small basket for holding strawberries. Correct? Do you buy your 
you buy your uh, strawberries by the punnet in England still? Uh, in, indeed, we do. And uh, when, yep. I, when I was a kid, we used to. I used to go fruit picking, and yep. uh, that, that's that's right. I mean, uh, <laughs> that is indeed what it is. Is that where yep. it comes from, or does it? Or is it? Um, it, it comes from the it, Middle French. Somewhere mm-hmm. in Middle French, it, it it referred to the size of a fist. So I think that's where we get the measurement uh-huh. from, or the uh-huh. the capacity for strawberries of the size of fist. But they don't know whether um, it meant fist in terms of throwing a fist, or just whether. But however that worked, a punnet is yeah. about the size of one's fist, and that's why you, how you buy strawberries. So I think that's yeah. it's the only reason that people know the name outside of America, <laughs> other yeah, than my no, last I'm, name. Yes, yes. I mean, it's definitely you know, it's definitely a word in my you know on the fringes of my vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I love the, uh, the the new series. There was one of the old river monsters, though, that was also close to me, which is you did one. All right, um, I want to make sure I've got it straight in my head. You did one in Minnesota where you caught one of the biggest. Uh, was it a pike or what was it was like whatever the cousin, the freshwater cousin of the barracuda is. Um, at um, musky, oh, musky. That's what it was, was right? It a, was it a, a musky? We did, we did, a, we did a musky show where I ended up in just over the border in Canada, um, right? But the but the musky is that sort of freshwater right. version of the barracuda, which is which is you know which can be ridiculously hard to catch. They call it the fish of ten thousand casts. You know, yeah. So, but that's um, yeah. but that's where but around Minnesota, just to speak to the legends part, you know, people would talk about these violent muskies or kids that would be bitten uh, by a fish who would be standing in shallow water or people that were bit and they were like, yeah, right, you know. And but but that's what you helped really prove once and for all that some of these things are huge and they've got a barracuda like bite. Yeah, and they they really look the part as well. I mean, uh, we don't have we don't have musky here, but we have pike, the same as your your northern pike. And right. you know, there's always there's always legends about them attacking people. I mean, the, the thing that I should point out is is that um, these incidents when when they when fish bite people or whatever, they're, they're normally very they're very rare. Um, it, it's not normal behaviour, but it, it still is possible. So you know, we—they're uh, not everyday events, but we—we we, you know, we take these fishermen stories and we show that uh, this isn't complete. This isn't complete nonsense. This isn't completely made up. But in no. certain circumstances, you know, you you could be in danger from something there. And 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 the other thing is, um, it's trying to encourage well first of all knowledge of what lives in the water but also an understanding of it because sometimes if if somebody is uh bitten or whatever by a fish it's not the fish's fault it's the person's fault for actually being in the wrong place at the wrong time you know, maybe the fish was uh you know some fish when they're breeding they get you know, they right. get very aggressive they don't like anybody coming near their nest or whatever and and the other thing is returning to the business of low visibility sometimes a fish just makes a mistake um if you imagine somebody's foot pale colored in muddy water waving around in tight right. that that's going to look like a small fish to something predatory so it grabs a foot without knowing that that's a foot so there's normally a a logical explanation which isn't just the fact that this fish hates humans it's it's a you know, much more sort of biological explanation going on 
Well, and that the same type of thing, and it speaks again to water currents and whatever, is the idea of, of sharks in brackish water or even going all the way up into fresh water where it's not even necessarily a mix, but how much further into fresh water sometimes a shark can swim upriver. Absolutely. This is specifically bull sharks, which is, yeah. you know, I still find that incredible. The fact that, because most, most sea fish, if you put them in fresh water, they die. They just, they just can't handle it. You know, it's the, uh, uh, the, you know, the cells in their body would just take on so much water and would explode. They can't do it. But um, fish like salmon, obviously, they, you know, they cross that barrier. They have this amazing sort of physiological trick. But this one species of shark, bull sharks, they, you know, they used to swim a long way up the Mississippi. They swim into the, um, the canals down in Florida. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a handy thing to know if you, if you live in one of those places, you know, that they're, you know, what might just be under the water. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.